Welcome to this week's episode of Bill's Pod Squad. Maddie Glab and Bill's owner and president, Kim Pagula, here as your host. And of course, we've got another Kim on with us this week. It's NFL Network's Kim Jones, who joins us. So glad that you are here in person. Last Usually, week, we're doing last this virtually. We had a lot of testosterone going on <laughs> between our first week with Josh Allen and now Stefan Diggs. So glad to have <laughs> another woman, although I'm not blonde. Though I kind of yeah. like, I feel the odd woman out here um, between two blondes here. So, well, thank but you. happy to have you here. Thank you, Kim and Maddie. It's great to be here. This yeah. is fun. Yeah. It's not too, it's not too much of a, a huge flight or anything for you to come to Buffalo. No, because you're it's based a very in, easy trip, yeah. which I'm grateful for. Well, and you were just here on Sunday. Yeah. What did you think? I, I thought that it looked like last year's Josh Allen yeah, uh, and offense. So. And I was struck maybe mostly by Emmanuel Sanders immediately fitting in, making what I called on Twitter the best catch you're going to yeah. see that day and, and the best throw by Josh yes. you're going to see that day uh, as a football fan because it was a remarkable throw and catch. And Josh told me afterwards he still didn't know how Emmanuel caught it. But that's what the Bills do, right? Yeah. The Bills bring in players, veteran players uh, especially at times, and they find ways to thrive immediately. It's an amazing amazing thing to watch because it's not that easy with every team yeah and were you surprised after the success that we had last year like you, you just referenced you know the josh of last year that it took maybe three games, took a couple it, games. to get back to yeah. that the, here's the one thing i thought of and i'm not exactly saying it pertains just to the bills or mm -hmm. to the bills at all but coaches have now treated preseason so differently that mm -hmm. i think as football fans and i am one uh, as well as a reporter i think we have to become conditioned that the early parts of seasons are going to have some growing pains. Mm -hmm. um, and it looks like those growing pains are over, though, Kim, because yeah. yeah. they look really good. <laughs> well, you know, it, I know we talked about the, the Miami game, which was, you know, um, a, sh a shutout. But, you know, people still complain <laughs> <laughs> yeah. about about how we won that game. Um, and in specifically, mm -hmm. you know, reference to Josh. But um, again, I think, you know, this this past week's game, um, yeah, the, the old Josh was back and it was nice to see um, Cole Beasley. Yeah. And and like I said, Emmanuel Sanders, somebody new mm -hmm. to the team that, you know, and that's what that's what, you know, Brandon and coach do. They just try to get better every year. It doesn't matter how far you went one year. It's like the next year. Let's, yeah. How do we get a little bit better? And he was certainly Sanders was certainly a, a, a great addition yeah. we've seen so far. And as you know, Kim and Maddie, Brandon and Sean, immediately after the ending of your seasons, both two years mm -hmm. ago and this past year, challenge your team essentially when they meet with the media for that last time, you know, before yeah. everyone yeah. takes a, a, an extended break after a season ends. And they make no bones about the idea we are going to get better. We got where we got. It's not enough. good enough, whether it was the loss in Houston mm -hmm. or the loss this past year in Kansas City. And I think that tone being set matters so much. And just real quick, one thing I thought of uh, with the whole Josh thing and 35-0 and not mm -hmm. being good enough, when I was here for training camp, Tredavious White talked about how when he was drafted, the idea was, can we make the playoffs? And he mm -hmm. said, in these short years, it's now – can we make the Super Bowl? And that's how much this organization, you know, Kim, I don't have to tell you or you, Maddie, but this organization has has made leaps and bounds year after year. 
And, and it's, it's been a growth. And I think coach talks about that. You, you, um, coach has a lot of, you know, sayings that, that become uh, regular uh, fodder for us to all, you know, to talk about, but you know, that growth mindset is one of those things that he always talks about. Yeah. And I do remind people sometimes, cause sometimes, you know, you're enjoying the success at the moment, but it did, it did. This is coach's fourth year, you know, yeah. this is um, Josh's fourth year. So there is, um, there was growing pains yep. and having that growth and, and just now we're reaping the rewards of that. And I know Brandon also, you know, talk about sustainability, right? Mm -hmm. Like we don't want to be the, the great year like we had last year, but then like, where are we year after year after right. year? So, um, yeah, just like I said, excited. You saw our fan, our Heard the fans? Yeah, what do you think what of the was atmosphere? That? It was nuts. It was so great to have them back. I mean, last year in the playoffs to have them back. Yeah. Um, like but that was only like 70, I know, I know. I know. I was just it was just that many, yeah. except that they sounded yeah, they so, did. so they much did. fuller than that. The yeah. stadium sounded much fuller than that. And now to have them really back, you notice it with traffic, of course. Yeah. You oh notice gosh. it before you even come into the stadium. And then once you're in it, you just are reminded. The Bills have great fans, and they love to see their Bills in person. We know that. Yeah. Kim, yeah. I was peeking over. You weren't in the. You weren't in your box again with with Brandon oh, and Terry. Oh, I forgot you were there. No, I went down. I've been. I've been again, in the radio I booth. Was for yes. the games watching okay. and, and usually Kim sometimes sits uh, in the booth right next to us with Brandon and, and Joe Shane and Terry's yeah. in there and then there's a bunch of food and then Kim usually sits with all the food. Those are her oh. friends. Oh, during, yes, during yes. The I'm games. usually in the back with the food and drinking coffee and Red Bulls and, and, and lots pacing. of pacing. Yeah, yeah. And yeah and Bulls. Yes, and, <laughs> coffee, and, Red Bulls, and, pacing. Yeah, yeah, I, I thought I saw Terry next to the press box the yeah, other day. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, he watches it up okay, there. Yeah. yeah. I, no, I, so I was was down in my suite okay. um, still working so I had sponsors and right. had staff there and of course my family so I always like okay I'm gonna go up, you know second half but then something happens yeah. and so and I do like being close to the fans so mm -hmm. where I sit you know there's fans right mm -hmm. below our window and the windows open and just mm -hmm. kind of embracing that whole feeling yeah it is fun so your suite has good food right. though yes it does correctly. it does mm -hmm. well Kim you said oh. it um the the slower start to the season maybe that our fans and and we might have not have expected after the Pittsburgh Steelers lost, one of the first things you said was, hey, at least that first loss is out of the way. And Stefan Diggs echoed that today when he spoke to the media. He said, we want to win every game. We think we can win every game, but I'd rather have a loss under our belts early in the season than be waiting in, in week 15. And not that a loss is going to come, but kind of like... Ooh, is it going to happen? When is it going to happen? Is it going to happen against a team we're really supposed to beat, or is it going to be a super close game? So you're not playing this mind game with yourself that you probably inevitably are going to do at some point. Um, they said it was nice to just not that it's nice to ever lose. There's a reason. But there's a reason. Get that why one loss. Humble an, yourself. Get yeah. back out there. And there's a reason there's been an only you know the 72 is it Miami Dolphins. Mm -hmm. um, it's the only team that's ever been undefeated. It's not easy to do, right? right. So, um, so yeah, just knowing that that's you learn from that loss, and I think that's what mm -hmm. you know you got to expect from your guys is when the losses do come, do they learn from it? Do they grow? And we've seen that progression. So, yeah. um, good signs. And you have a mature team. You have a mature group and core of players. You know, not age-wise necessarily, right. but because um, you have some really young players still, but. Your group has always come across to me as really mature. And, I, you know, it starts a whole different mm – -hmm. each each level of your group mm -hmm. has leaders. And I think that that's, that is part of that battle. Yeah. 
do any of those leaders impress you the yeah. most? Has been there? Well, has, has there been a player this year? I mean, I know Josh is an easy answer in a no. lot of ways, but you know, has I've, there been a guy? Maddie, that's I've been impressed, impressed for years with the safeties. Yeah. Micah Hyde and Jordan Hoyer. And, you know, I miss open locker rooms so much. Yeah. And I'm not alone yeah. in that. And, and, and no, you know, and, and listen, we can all do our jobs and we're doing our jobs the best way we mm -hmm. can right now. Mm -hmm. But in your locker room, one of the places I always went was to see if Micah and Jordan were at their lockers. And I would usually end up talking to one and then the other yeah, would show up yeah. and I'd say, thank you. And yeah, then we'd talk to the other because they're both just yeah. so great at talking football. Yeah. And um, Tredavious, I also think, yeah. is is just terrific. Yeah. Uh, doesn't love to talk about himself that much, but, but certainly is one of the best corners in this league. Yeah, and it's not often where you have a game where both of your safeties get it's interceptions amazing. in yep. the game. Yeah. yeah, Leslie Frazier was saying that the other day. Yeah. So, so you started with the NFL Network in 2000, 2012. In 12. 2011 was my last year with the Yankees, okay. and then I went to to, to football. So what was that transition like going from – because people ask me all yeah. the time, what's the difference between you know, football, football and hockey? So <laughs> yeah. I'm going to ask you, yeah. what was it like transitioning from baseball to football? Right. And it was really tra transitioning back because I had started in football. Mm -hmm. I covered my alma mater, Penn yeah, State. Day. Then I covered the Giants for a few years. Undefeated. And then, yeah, undefeated. I know, yeah, fingers crossed. <laughs> um, and the, somehow, some way, Yes Network ended up in 2005 offering me their clubhouse reporter job. And I don't know why. I had never <laughs> done TV. <laughs> I was terrible my first year. But I look back, um, and I'm so grateful that, that they wanted to hire me. And then, uh, you know, I did make it past the first year, which was not a sure thing. Because like I said, I was terrible, but um, it was really a learning experience. And then seven years of baseball is a lot with mm -hmm. all the traveling. It's a long it's schedule. It's more the yeah. logistics as opposed to watching the game itself that, that weighs on you right. a little bit, you know, during a long right. season. So I was happy to come, very happy to come to NFL Network in 2012. Um, and since then, I've, I've covered an awful lot of teams yeah. and I've covered the Bills, maybe not yeah. quite as much as the Jets and Giants yes. because of proximity, mm -hmm. but I would say it's getting yeah. pretty close. Yeah. So what do you what do you think? Um, how has the, you know, the game changed, the league changed since since 2012? I I noticed certainly some things have changed just since you know I, I keep thinking that I'm a newbie owner, but then I realize oh my gosh now I'm going on eight years now like <laughs> yeah. it, it, time keeps flying by. Um, and I, I certainly have noticed uh, some big changes since even we took ownership and, mm -hmm. and you were there before yeah. we we bought the team. So I'm um, you know just would love to get your perspective on how you think the game has changed, how you think you know, football in general has changed? I think um, I think we've watched the game change and become safer. I think a lot of those rules changes. You know, any fan who sits at home on his or her couch can recognize some of that. I think to me, as a football fan, first and foremost, that's been one of the things I've noticed the most. I, I also think football and, and other sports, but, but really football is our leading sport in this country. I think football can help lead us um, as, a, as a country. Um, in our our differences, but mm -hmm. but also in our many many similarities that we have, and and I would certainly like to think that we've seen that happen over the years yeah. and and through many different endeavors, through many different voices. But I really think that we've seen. I'm proud to cover the NFL because I I truly believe it's it's part of what our country is and part of some of the best parts mm -hmm. of what our country is. Yeah, I, I couldn't agree with you more. I'm, I, I think, you know, like you said, over the last, I'm going to say five, six mm -hmm. years, um, football has really embraced yes. what 
our fans are about. So it's not just about fans of football, but just fans in general mm -hmm. and, and connecting with them outside of the game. Yep. Um, and, you know, football is 365 days a year now, whether it's, you know, whether it's an quote off season or not. Um, and I think we, we've evolved with our fan base yep. and I, I've, I can, you know, I yeah. agree with you completely yeah. on that. I, I think of it all the time when I watch, I, I, I've only been to Green Bay a couple of times and I was very cold when I was there, but, um, you know, the Lambeau <laughs> League or mm -hmm. a player from your team or another team handing a ball um, into the stands mm -hmm. to a little kid after a touchdown, yeah. that kind of yeah. thing. Football has that ability to literally reach out and touch its fans in those moments. Mm -hmm. And I love that. Yeah. And I think one other way we've seen the game change Look at the three of us. There are three yeah. <laughs> women right here sitting, talking about football for a podcast for the Buffalo Bills. Yeah. Yeah. 2012, before that, maybe not the case. I think one thing we're seeing is a lot more representation mm -hmm. of more women, uh, more people of color. And so with your comment about, you know, it's about the fan. It's not just about one specific right. fan. We're making football a lot easier for people to um, feel like they are connected to mm -hmm. it, whether you are straight, gay, bisexual, white, black, uh, whether you live in a different country. Like, I feel like the way that the NFL has trying to been trying to reach out to different people and say, come, come watch our yeah. sport, come be a part of our sport has just been incredible. And Kim, you've, you've helped lead that for the Buffalo Bills. I mean, every year we see more women walk through the doors and we've talked about it so many times, but I just, I love that because I am a woman and I just, I love seeing people like me in a sport where we used to not belong. And I, I do think, you know, when we first became owners, like, you know, I gravitated towards Kim right away because she was the probably the only female, you know, kind of in that room. I think there might have been one other ones because you didn't see that that often. So she was trailblazing along before I came along. Uh, so, you know, just in, you know, with that, do, do you sometimes feel like you are a trailblazer? Um, there is certainly more women on the sidelines yes. than, than there ever has been before. Um and obviously that's a good thing, but you know, it's not for everyone, right? Um, right. There's challenges. There are challenges, but I think there are fewer challenges solely quote unquote, because you're a woman. I mean, I do think, and I give players an awful lot of credit. I, I don't think players care yeah. who's asking them the question, whether it's in person, whether it's on zoom, whatever the case might be. I think players just realize dealing dealing with or or interacting with the media is part of their job, and I don't. I think that players have led that to some degree because I I truly don't think they care. Um, and I think that at times you can actually make connections with players um, based on perhaps your understanding of of them or their background. You know, whether it's a Penn Stater yeah. who I'm probably just more conditioned to, to know a little more about. We've got or, one of those on our team. Exactly. Yes, you do. Thank you very much. Or, you know, just someone going through something where, you know, Josh Allen, when his grandmother died, I was so surprised and very pleased that NFL Network asked me to interview Josh yeah. after that time. Yeah. And I had already, I think, connected with Josh, but I think that that helped a little bit more. Right. And the interview obviously went about 20 minutes. I think the public saw a little over two minutes. That's just right. how television yeah. works. Yeah. But in that 20 minutes... You know, I learned more about Josh than I'd ever had the opportunity to learn. And I certainly think that Josh, um, maybe the familiarity helped a little mm -hmm. bit, but I think Josh was just happy to get to talk about a woman he loved dearly who he had just lost. So, 
you, you know, that's what football is, and that's what the opportunity to me is, more so than necessarily exactly saying, you know, this number of sideline reporters are women or that kind of thing. You know, to me, that connection means so much. Did you always want to work in sports or was there a different route that you had in mind or is the route that you've taken to get to where you're at now different than you ever would have imagined? There wasn't much of a plan B. I, I just, <laughs> I was a tomboy growing up. I was a sports fan growing up. I loved Penn State football and Georgetown basketball. Huh. Uh, back then it was on a 13 inch black and white TV uh, <laughs> because that's what we had. Um, and that's what a lot of people had. I mean, that, that was, that was it. That was, you know, it's a long yeah. time ago. So, um, I just always loved those sports. Now I watch less college basketball than ever, more football right. than ever, but a lot of that stuff has never changed. I'm just lucky enough to have gone from writer into TV and stay in TV this long, um, to get to, you know, live that part of the dream. Although I never saw myself in TV. I always wanted to be a writer and then TV incredibly found me. So, uh, you know, I'm, I'm incredibly grateful about the path I've had. Well, we're grateful that the NFL never picked you up because certainly I think you'd have added a lot of value to, I know when you cover our games um, and you've interviewed so many players, so yeah. many coaches, um, anyone on your bucket list? Like you're like, it, it doesn't have to even be Stephon in football. Stephon Diggs, who sat you what in this not was, Yeah, I, what? I would, I, I would I, like to interview Steph. Okay. Um, maybe, All right. Maybe, maybe I have a connection somehow. <laughs> right. You know what? He loves hoodies. Put it out. So there. He you loves hoodies. So you, you can help. Yeah. Him. Yeah. yeah. But a little, another hoodie wouldn't when, when, uh, when hurt either. You know, <laughs> these sometimes these things aren't easy to carry out. Yeah. Um, and as a viewer, you can kind of tell that sometimes. But your entire receiver core is actually really mm -hmm. interesting to me because yes. they they cannot they're all interchangeable mm -hmm. even though they're mm -hmm. different sizes mm -hmm. and shapes. There, uh, you've got the veteran. Uh, in Diggs, but you've got the really veteran guy now in Sanders who comes in and has fit in beautifully, which does not surprise me because of the way Sean and Brandon mm -hmm. put together your roster. Um, Gabriel Davis is someone who I identify, I feel like I discovered him, but that's obnoxious. <laughs> but, but other than so you guys discovering him. But when I first saw him at training camp two years ago, I kept saying, who's 13, who's 13? And then it finally, yeah, okay, he was all you over keep the asking place. and his name's Gabriel Davis came in mm -hmm. and that that settled in for me. So your receiver core overall intrigues me, but yeah, Steph, um, especially now that he's a captain. Yeah. That's yeah, intriguing. We had that conversation. We, we have very much seen, um, a full circle Steph, I mm -hmm. think in a short time in Buffalo. Right. Yeah. And I know he came from Minnesota, mm -hmm. um, and didn't have quite the success later on right. in there. And to be able to kind of, have the relationship that he has with Josh Allen. We talk about that with him all the time, that special bond yeah, that, that they have is a really great, great for yep. someone who, you know, on, on this, our, our team, what yep. sometimes it clicks, sometimes it doesn't. It's yep. not anyone's fault, but certainly he and, and Josh have that special yep. bond. So. I have a story for you about Diggs. Um, so Trayvon Diggs at his combine, mm -hmm. I walked over to him and I said, hi, I'm Kim Jones, NFL Network. I meet, you know, as many of the guys as I can at the combine on the floor of the combine during the drills. I don't interrupt the drills, obviously, <laughs> to do that. But I said, um, you know, I'm a big fan of your brothers and I, I just wanted to meet, meet you and everything. And he said, oh, thanks. And then his, his day ended and I was walking towards him and I could see him like kind of motioning to me a little bit. And I, I 
didn't know if he was trying to get my attention. Well, he was. He had his brother, Steph, on FaceTime, and he was trying to explain to Steph what reporter wanted to say hello to him. You know, so yeah. I came over, I'm on FaceTime, I'm like, oh, it's, oh, it's you, you know, yeah. whatever. So it was just, it's one of those moments where, you know, now you look and Steph has to be incredibly proud of Trayvon, who's playing yeah. wonderfully He gets for the so Cowboys. giddy when he has sure his brother. I'm sure he is, because last year he was, and then his brother got hurt. And mm-hmm. I, you know, I think their father passed away mm-hmm. and, and Steph yep. very much became became that a, father that figure, figure yeah. you know for for a, a younger brother at yeah. least so um yeah so he's it's, on it's, your bucket it's, list it's okay how about it's somebody all, uh it's all good. not on our team not on your team yeah. who i would like to interview could even go outside the scape the scope mm-hmm. of sports yeah. oh outside the scope of sports yeah. yeah wow um living or dead well, preferably living, because like we can't help you if they're if they're not here. <laughs> like but to interview. Um, oh, it's really it's just or, so hard. Or within sports. Within sports, yeah. this is a bad question for me, and I don't know why. Here, we'll tee up we can... with this one while right. you're thinking about it. Right, has me... there been a favorite interview that you've done, and a reason why that that has been one of your favorites, whether it was after a big game or whether it was a player who really opened up to you? One of my favorites was Odell Beckham Jr. Early on, um, he was Rookie of the Year. I had gotten to know him very well his rookie year, and. Um, I, I look back at that interview as, you know, the Odell that, that I got to know and that, um, I had and have a really good relationship with, and it was early on and people who would watch that interview, especially now might be a little bit surprised, um, by him to some degree. Um, but he's always been intent on being a great receiver, but, and, and football means so much to him, but he's also a really introspective person. And um, I, I just think that to show a different side once in a while of someone is pretty cool. I may circle back with him at some point mm-hmm. in his career. Uh, Kim, another one I would say would be um, Saquon Barkley, who I interviewed for a print piece right. before the combine, 2,000-word okay. piece, went to my alma mater, Penn State, to interview him. Um, I'll share this only because I think it says more about Saquon. After the piece ran, and I had sent him it to make sure that he saw it, and he texted back, um, you nailed it. And I just thought it's such a nice, you know, because he has a lot of layers to his story and his family story as well. And and that was meaningful. So I like the interviews I've done. I, you know what, I think I've been so blessed to do so many interviews. It's hard to think about more to think about, well, I wish I could interview this guy or this girl or this person. Um, because I feel so blessed to interview the guys I already do. I, I love to hear about the player outside of being the player. Yeah. And I think that's, as we talked about, you know, engaging in, in football, embracing yep. every, all aspects of our lives um, across, you know, across the country. I think it's because of those types mm-hmm. of stories yeah. where yeah. we put these guys on a pedestal, we pay them a lot of money. Right. Um, but at the end of the day, there's such great people, such great stories. Um, and it's something that we, you know, anyone can connect with at some time. Even right. you might think you're different. You know, I am certainly feel like I'm different than Josh, but I know there's similarities Absolutely. there. And, and telling those types of stories right. has really connected our, our whole fan base yeah. uh, to the team. And your team is has a lot of them. I, I mean, there's no shortage of them because, let's be honest, the player has to have at least some cachet as an NFL yeah. player. For for me, for example, I'll just use myself as an example, to stand on the sideline before a game and use a 40-second report 
to yes. talk about that player. I mean, that's yep. just how yeah. it is. You know, your team has a lot of them. Yeah. I mean, there, there's no yeah. shortage Take of Take your player. There, a lot there's of a story to go behind and it. Stories, yeah. Right, and stories about those players. That, that as, a, as a reporter, is such um, a great luxury to have. You're not saying, what am I going to talk about? You're saying, shoot, I can only talk about one of these five stories. Which one's the best? Yeah. I want to go back to the combine. You've mentioned the combine twice. I know the combine is like a huge undertaking for anyone working the combine because there are more than a hundred guys doing multiple things Mm. on multiple days. And and you're trying to tell the stories of all of these guys and also trying to highlight some of the guys who may not have been highlighted as much leading up to the combine. I ran into you like two years ago, I think it was 2019 combine. And I was getting a quote from you and you had like 500 note cards. And in that moment I was like, Oh my gosh, the prep that she has to do for the combine to do these hits on the field when they're doing their workouts, like, I cannot imagine what goes into preparing for an event like that. And would that be the event that you think you have to do the most prep work no for? Doubt. No doubt. It, and you're never done <laughs> because there end up being about 330, 335 guys at the combine. You, you simply can't prepare for all of them. Or at least I can. Um, Daniel Jeremiah and Rich Eisen are in the booth. They obviously have a lot of preparation uh, that they've already done, and and I respect them greatly. But for my job, which is um, pretty unpredictable, you don't know which player is going to get injured, and then he's not going to be a story at the combine other than yeah. the injury. You don't know which players are going to show out, and then it's wait a minute, Kim, who's this guy from Norfolk State? <laughs> you know, who just did what he did with the you know and uh, with the broad jump or you know the the forty. We love the forty. So. Um, the combine's a lot of prep. It's it is a labor of love. It's um, stressful though. It's oh, very stressful. It's so much fun and I, though. It is so much fun. The, I use the color coded um, index she cards. Had so, so much uh, stuff and, and spread across position, the, each the position, desk. Each position, <laughs> each True position professional. Needs a different color. Yeah. Yeah. So I try to keep it straight that way. But it's fun. It's a yeah. lot of fun. You know, because it's it's I I love the combine because one yep. everybody's yeah, there. Exactly. Okay, it's like yeah. everybody's there. So you know. Old coaches you haven't seen, you know, new ones, you know, it just, and then the future, right? Yeah. That's what we're talking about. Just like, I love the idea of, of all these young men and their, this is their, their moment. Yeah. And you like, you're trying to figure out and our, you know, yeah. our staff is trying to figure out, okay, which one mm-hmm. is it, you know, we'll work on our team, which one will make mm-hmm. it, which one don't. And just, right. just knowing that it's the future. And, and I, then I always think it's so much fun watching like all the, you know, quote, veterans now, right? Like a Tom Brady and you see his draft. Yeah. They're always showing, yeah. that on, they're always showing that on the TV. And, and you realize these were all just young kids at one time. Mm-hmm. These great football players that uh, that we hold in such high regard and have yeah. done amazing things. And they were all just, you know, young young men at that yeah. time. So that's why I love the combine. Yeah. It's just I remember DK Metcalf crying like a baby after his combine. And he was on the phone and I figured it was with likely mom mm-hmm. or a family member. And I walked, I had already talked to him and I walked over afterwards to talk to him some more. And it was his mother. And I said, why the emotion? And he said, because I'm not even supposed to be here. He had had neck surgery and look at him now. Yeah. You know, I remember on a different note, a lighter note, Saquon was upset with his 40. I don't remember what he ran, a 442, maybe a 441. Yeah. I don't, and he was upset. <laughs> and I'm sitting there with, with him saying, you never have to run a 40 again <laughs> for the rest of your life, which is actually true. Yeah. Um, and in both 
cases, I think my um, producer, Laura Chatnick, took pictures while I was having those conversations. So I can, I'll always remember them. Yeah. Well, in a combine, I mean, you have to, it's, it's quick thinking, it's thinking on your feet, it's, do I have the note card of this guy? Uh, so there's a lot of stories that go into the mm -hmm. combine and, and guys that you highlight and cover, but is there a, a game and an event or something that has to go down in the book for like craziest things, moments that you've been a part of as a reporter, whether it's from your writing days, your Yankees days, or NFL Network days? I did a little research on this one, Maddie, so I will not be um, stuck for answers. Uh, I covered a five-hour, 33-minute Red Sox-Yankees game. It was, it, it, it literally felt like it was never going to end. And it was, if I remember this part correctly, it was part of a four-game weekend because they had a doubleheader to make up on one of the days. It was at the Red Sox. And their clubhouse is about the size of, of the area between all of us right now because it's so small, the visiting clubhouse. And that was one of those days where you're sitting there going, I love sports and I love this moment, but this game really doesn't need to end at some point. Wrap it up. So that was one that, that really stood out to me. I, I um, thought you were going to say something else. What? It, not necessarily a game, yeah. but what happened to you, you know, which you would never know. Uh, what happened to you, your health care that you had yeah. while you were when I was at, at a facility? Yeah. yeah, yeah. I had um, an aortic dissection November 15th, 2018 at the Washington football team, which they become my became what I call my first first responders because their medical and training staff was right there. Um, and then the ambulance and then one one hospital, but that wasn't the hospital I needed to be in. So the second hospital ended up being exactly where I needed to be. And they saved me. The, the two surgeons, they kept me stable overnight. The two surgeons mm -hmm. on an emergency basis saved me the next morning. Um, it's so still weird to think yeah. about. You know, so football saved your life. Football I mean, saved yeah, my life. Yeah, if you weren't football. working in football, if you weren't at, at a stadium that has you know doctors yeah. and staff on, on site. Football saved yeah. my life. Yeah. Freddie Kitchens can say the same thing. Okay. He was working in Arizona as a, as an assistant coach, and he had the same thing. Wow. And they airlifted him. He was one of the first people. He might yeah. have been the first person I talked wow. to. Okay, that I didn't when know. When I met Freddie yeah. um, at the Senior Bowl, like the next year, someone said, you've got to meet Freddie Kitchens. He had an aortic dissection. So I approached him, and we ended up talking about yeah. that. Football saved football yeah. training staffs were, in both of our cases, the first first responders who and I, I know I'm saying first, first responders. That's how I phrase it yeah. because I had so many right. first responders that day, but um, they saved both of us. Yeah. It's, a, it's an amazing great. story. Yeah. It's an amazing story. I mean, who would have like, I'm sure you would have never thought that would happen in your life an experience like that, where you don't feel completely yourself right. and you make the decision in a, in a second, probably right before you were going to go out to cover practice or do a live hit that, Hey, no, I, I need to check on what's going on with me yeah. right now and, and figure out, oh, shoot, I actually need to go to the hospital and get this taken care of. Yeah. And I wasn't conscious enough to, to say all yeah. of that, but um, I was ready to go on air. And I remember um, just feeling not right. And I grabbed both sides of my neck and I said, I can't go on air which I've never said before. So they knew And usually as a reporter, you're serious. like, I'm fine. I have yeah, a headache. I know. Uh, my stomach hurts. Like you just fight through whatever because yeah. you've got to make the live hit. Right. Yeah. But the fact it, that you knew. Yeah. It was, it was I a shouldn't very do different this. feeling. 
Yeah. And I remember thinking I'm going to misspeak and I didn't want to misspeak. Yeah. Mayor. I don't know why that was what came to mind, but yeah, it was, um, that was a day that, um, angels were, I mean, whatever anyone believes in is fine. Um, but I had people looking over me that day because even recently I've talked to my surgeon who, you know, reminds me how incredible it is that I'm still here. Well, I know how much you travel and I know how much you work and you prepare and, and prep for, um, all your on air and, and writing and everything. So what did you do when you couldn't work? I can't imagine it, well, Kim Jones not working. Yeah. One of them, Kim Pagula, I ended up opening a ton of boxes from uh, you and Terry oh, yeah, and the Bills organization. Yeah. I might have sent you some, nice some, some things. Um, it was hard. Yeah, it was I hard. Know. I was pushing to get back to work. I yeah. was yelling at people. What do I have to do to get back <laughs> yeah. to work? Um, my goal was to get back into the Jets and Giants facilities. Only because that's obviously their closest and, you know, and I did go back to the Giants and I will share this. Saquon looked at me and said, tell me everything that happened to you. Mm -hmm. There are really good people, you know, in our our business. There really are. And and he wasn't alone in that, but that was meaningful. And then I made it to the Jets in time um, to interview Adam Gase, who was hired as their new coach. Um, And that was meaningful because I was back on camera and I was able to do that. you so, know. so do you do anything? Yeah. <laughs> well, what, what do you like to do? But besides, oh, yeah, I mean, just that yeah. time. Well, or? that time, or just when you're not having to work, because we what see do you like it, to do? we see you on TV all the time, I, Kim. I, and so for that often, but you're I, on frequently enough for <laughs> where people like us who know you, we wonder. What does Kim have free time? And if yeah. she does have free time, what does she like to do yeah. in that free time? Can I tell you, I, my one of my guiltiest pleasure is real crime. So Ooh, I'm probably wow, watching like Terry. Oh my gosh. Dateline is that, a, is that a Penn State thing? Maybe it is. Does oh, Terry like yes. those shows? Terry, I love those what's, shows. What's the one show? Um, you watch the Snapped? Forensic Files. Oh yeah, Snap, Forensic Files. Snap, no, where it's always the spouse who killed the other yes, spouse, but yeah. I hang in there and watch the entire episode. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I get accused of a lot of things after he's on a binge of one of those types of show. He's like, are you trying to poison me? What are you talking about? <laughs> like, like, yes, yeah. So, yeah, you and Terry, you need to sit there and, we can and, sit uh, there and yeah, watch all those. Bowl yeah. of popcorn between us yeah. and watch uh, And then he always complains shows. to me. He's like, you know, because I, I like to watch the kind of some of the stupid drama and, and, and you like know, fake stuff. Fiance. right? So he's like, well, no, not quite that. But okay. I like to I like the like the movies and the action stuff. And he's like, why don't you watch the real stuff? Yeah. Right. Like, that's more interesting. The real stuff. I know. That's so I'm like, no, that's creepy because like they're real people, at least in a movie. You know, yeah, I think it's fake. I know. Yeah. I'm with Terry that's what you're like? on that, okay. though. I really am. If <laughs> I get home and my DVR has, uh, still a DVR, whatever, but if my DVR <laughs> has like I a like dateline and a 48 hours on it, that's that. a win for me. That's a win. <laughs> wow. And snapped. So, yeah. They have snapped uh, yes. marathons. Yes. Well, yeah. And you I, need I to think tell friends, Terry that because okay. that, that one could take you through a long yeah, day. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's good. Must be a Penn State thing, I like I is. said. I don't know. All right, so we know you like to binge that. What else do you like to do in the free time that you get? Maybe, maybe in an off season, because I know during the season we're also we have our schedules right. of you know oh, you're going to go there cover this no team that week. Yeah. Come there, on, there's no. I will tell you this: my my niece and nephews are at an age where they're now playing sports, and I love watching them. And my niece plays field hockey, which I never That's played. Cool. I yeah. never played field hockey, so I've learned 
a little bit about the sport. I can kind of figure out now why they get corners and stuff. It's it's a lot like oh, yeah. you know hockey, uh-huh. obviously, but that's enjoyable for me. Mm-hmm. And the boys are younger, but they're starting to play football. They play basketball, that kind of thing. That gives so. me a lot of joy when I can go home and see them. That gives me an all a lot of joy. I should read more. Honestly, so then I'd sound smarter Same. when people ask me what I like to do, um, but I could give great uh, novel recommendations, but I don't have that attention yeah. span. When I, I don't know why. I just when everybody don't. meets you, all they want to do is talk about football. I know, a lot of but, football talk. I'm good with that. Yeah, yeah. You know what I love? Here, when I used to go out, I don't go out anymore. When I used to go out, I, you know, I'd be with some girlfriends, some friends at a bar or whatever. Inevitably, got a couple guys would come up. Let's do trivia to see if I know more football uh, than you. Yes, yes. And I'd be like, my job's not trivia. <laughs> Anything I can look up, I don't yes. care if I know trivia wise. That used to happen. All, that's the one good thing about not going out anymore. Yeah. I don't get the trivia. Stuff, you don't get the guys. trivia dudes coming that's up right. to you. Yeah, well, right. you do a whole lot of traveling, and so with traveling and. Kim, you can add to this too. What are some interesting travel stories that you've been a part of? Wow. Delayed flights, canceled flights, yeah. don't get to the right place. Yeah. Is there one that that comes well, to the top the of your one, mind? The one that stands out is on 9-11. Yeah, I was covering the, the Giants at mm-hmm. Denver and four of us, Tara Sullivan of the Boston Globe, formerly of Bergen Record, Neil Best of Newsday, and Paul Schwartz of The Post, you know, rented a car and drove home 28 hours. So that's the one that will always be, you know, the travel story for me. I can't tell you how many flights I've had delayed, how many times I've driven through snow um, and that kind of thing. And I used to fly in and out of state college airport when I covered Penn State Mm -hmm. and especially Penn State basketball. I was the only reporter covering Penn State basketball on the road. (laughs) And I'm flying in these little flights. Um, I can't tell you how many times I was delayed, canceled and everything else. But that, that just goes with the territory. Yeah. You know, do you have one that sticks out to you, Kim? You know, travel wise, I, not really. Um, I, I, there is a, I just remember this one game that I don't even know. It was on the West Coast, and Terry didn't go because he was he was uh, in Florida, and there was a hurricane coming. Oh. And so, you know, I was trying not to miss any games, and so I was like, "Well, I'm going without you." <laughs> and he's like, "Well, I can't go because there's no flights going out." And right. I'm like, "Well, you don't mind if I go anyways, do you? I'll just go with the team." And you know, I'm sorry you can't come, but I'm going anyways. Um, so I that one I do I remember, but you know, I think it's more about not just the travel things that I just remember. There's just some, I think. I, I like to travel with the team mm-hmm. um, because I, there's just something about, I don't know, traveling with the team and you're, you're just all there for, you mm-hmm. know, work, but you're, you're together. Right. And, um, and I don't know, I just, we go out to dinner the night yeah. before. And so it's just always, those are kind of things that I like really cherish about, yeah. about the game that doesn't have anything to do with the game, right. but well, uh, win or lose, it, but you're, yeah. You're truly, well, you yeah. truly are part yeah. of the team, just, but it's being part of a group, yeah. being part of a team. Yeah. I, I didn't way, play yeah. a lot of team sports mm-hmm. and, and with Jesse playing tennis, yeah. just those individual things. So yeah, I, I always wish I did play a team sport though. Yeah. And I know you guys both have traveling down to a science. So what are some things that you are bringing no matter where you go, besides the obvious cell phone, phone charger, what are some things that has made your life easier on the road when you travel or like hmm. makes you feel more at home when you're on the road, if that makes sense? A mirror that you can set up in the bathroom uh-huh. uh, if you have to do makeup, as I do That's when a good I'm one. working. Mm-hmm. So okay. there's that. Um, and then there's also 
you know, the, the energy bar of choice, whatever your favorite one is, a few of those in the bag, just in case, not that you can't okay. buy something yeah. at airports. Always good to have a snack. Goes. Yeah. Um, and, you know, honestly, for me, because I'm sometimes a slob, like the extra shirt or so in, oh, yeah. place, in case, like, you know, you're putting yeah. on powder and you dump it all on your <laughs> shirt just as you're ready to walk out the door and you say to yourself, well, I do have that black shirt I don't really like very much in my bag. I'll take oh, it to that. <laughs> so you gotta, you have to be prepared for the yeah. inevitable yeah. screw up if you're me. Well, I have a little bit easier. So <laughs> when I get to the hotel room, there's always a bottle of wine, Swedish uh, fish, ooh, and cupcakes. Wow. So I, I feel like I'm at home. So I, you know, you the, I, I don't know the hotel guys <laughs> up there or um, put that in my hotel room for every away That's game. Awesome. But I will say, Band-Aids. I always have, That's because I'm always, as you know, Maddie, I'm always wearing heels mm -hmm. and every stadium is different. And there's some stadiums where I'm like, okay, my feet really are hurting me mm -hmm. now. Like I didn't think it, my shoes were good. Like that was an hour ago, but now because the, the owner's suite is like, you know, around <laughs> and up and down. Um, and so I always have learned to put band-aids everywhere. That's smart. And so yeah, I even yeah, have band-aids on my foot too. now from That's everywhere. pretty good. So, yeah. I like it. Yeah. Um, I want to ask you a question that a lot of younger women or people trying to get in the field always like to hear answers to. What is your advice to young girls, women who are breaking into this industry? What's your advice to people who want to work in sports like you do? Yeah, and I give the same advice to the younger men who reach out to me as well, Maddie. I think that you have to be willing to adapt to what opportunity arises. I don't think that you can simply say, I want to be this, uh, you know, I want to cover this team in the NFL or this team in the NBA. That's my sole goal. And, and that can be your dream and you can work toward it. But especially as a young person, I think you have to be more willing to try anything. I wrote obit obituaries one summer um, for a local paper. Wow. Um, I was a writer. I wanted to be a writer. I wanted to be a sports writer, but um, you know, I was the obit writer for a summer uh, between semesters at Penn State. Um, nothing wrong with that. I learned to spell names correctly yeah. and to double check yeah. street addresses and that kind of thing. <laughs> so, um, but I think that you have to be open to anything, even if you always keep your eye, you know, on what you believe is your ultimate prize. Totally agree. And, yep. and you're going to have changes, right? Uh, you know, I always thought, I'll stay and cover Penn State for a very long time. Well, I did cover Penn State for a number of years, but there came a time where it, it felt like it was right to move on. Yep. Um, same with leaving newspaper for, for the Yes Network. So I think, I think you have to just be able to be flexible in your mind up, even while your dream remains very much in your heart. What about great, you, Kim? Great advice. What's oh, your advice? I know, I know. No, I, I totally agree with Kim. I'm not saying that because I agree with her. Um, but I, I do because I, I think back to my life and I'm like, I had no idea I would be here, right? Um, and you, you don't know um, where life is going to take mm -hmm. you. Um, but I know when I think about decisions in, in my current life, decisions that I may have to make or things that I'm going through, um, I, I go back to things like you would never think of. It's not because, oh, I, you know, I learned that in college. Right. Or I, it was just either an experience or someone that I met that yeah. randomly, like, or just some something that I experienced that you were like, well, how would those two be ever mm -hmm. be related? But all that is called life, yeah. right? It's called yes. life. It, it, you know, and you do. You, I totally agree with you. Just 
you got to keep your eyes open. And I always tell my kids this, although they're older now, so I, I don't tell they don't listen to me anymore. But, um, you know, besides keeping your eyes open, but you never know who's watching, mm -hmm. you know, because, you know, we talk about integrity, in which, Kim, I, I know you are um, have a lot of integrity in your profession. And I, I think, you know, that's about someone doing the right things, being who you truly are, when no one is watching, mm -hmm. right? And I think that, because you, but sometimes someone is watching and you can't always be, you know, something or someone if, you know, for different people. Right. So, um, so I always tell people, you never know watching, mm -hmm. you do the right things. You, you're truly who you are, no matter if you have an audience or there's no one. And I think that'll serve you, serve you well. Yeah. We'll finish off with another Bills question. We'll kind of round. We started with the Bills. We'll finish the, with the Bills. So we'll bring it full circle here. You have gotten to see this team um, last week against the Washington football team. You've seen this team last year. Um, you've been covering the group since Sean McDermott and Brandon Bean came on the scene. So with the roster that they have in place right now, um, what are you expecting out of this group this year? I'm expecting this group to go to the Super Bowl. I mean, I, I think, Kim, when I look at the ways that Brandon and Sean have deliberately improved this roster, and everyone last year was saying, the Bills have a great roster. The Bills did have a great roster. But I made this case many times on NFL Network. I think the Bills, though, were regularly telling us where the weakness was, and it was the defensive line. Mm -hmm. And that was where I believe the Bills thought, Brandon and Sean thought they needed to supplement with some young talent. Mm -hmm. Jerry Hughes still here. He's yep. still remarkable. <laughs> He's the longest guy yeah, in this yeah. building at this point, I think. <laughs> but, um, but, but get some younger yeah. pieces in place, including Epinesa, who mm -hmm. I know is in his second yeah. year, but Rousseau has been right. terrific so yeah. far, and he has the wingspan of this room, yeah. which helps. <laughs> but, you know, I, I thought the Bills were signaling to us we're not quite complete yet, but I think now you look at this roster and you say, wow, at almost yeah. every position. I, I yeah. truly, and I'm not, I know how that sounds as I sit here next to Kim Pagula, but I'm not saying it because I'm sitting next to you. I've said it other than sitting next to you. I truly believe that with your roster and does health play a role? Yes. Of course it is. Yeah. Does luck play a role? Yeah. yeah. I'm actually a big believer. Luck yeah. does play yeah. a role in, in a lot of things in life, including football results at times. But does this team have everything in place? Kim, it's I actually big, think it does. And I think you can you yeah. can say that because you have covered so many other teams and you've been around for coaching changes. You've been around for new GMs, countless numbers of teams, and you've seen how a place puts it together the right way and you've seen how a team – fails all along the way in trying to put it together the right way. Is there anything that strikes you in the time that you've covered the Bills with Sean and Brandon being together as head coach and general manager that is just more unique or different than other situations or scenarios that you've been around as an NFL reporter? I will say this without comparing it to anyone else. They're just so darn smart. And I don't mean just evaluating talent scouting who should we draft here can we wait to the fourth round to somehow still draft gabriel davis mm -hmm. yes you actually can which is unbelievable to me um i don't mean it just that i mean that they have a great feel for how a roster is going to mesh bringing mm -hmm. in stefan diggs when the football mm -hmm. world essentially said what did bean just pay yeah. for for a trade for yeah. for stefan yeah. diggs now no mm -hmm. one cares yeah. 
because it was worth every single draft pick yeah. and anything else that you gave away. You, you know, so um, I just think that they're really smart and they have conviction. And once they have conviction, look out because they're almost always right. Yeah. Not always. Almost. I, I said almost always. <laughs> Not always. I said but, almost always. Yes. <laughs> but, but, I, but and I think but Kim, that that's we're going to okay. be able to put Emmanuel Sanders yeah. in that category yeah. at the end of this season, provided he stays healthy. Yeah. Yeah. Because he's already bought in. But but it's okay. Perfection yeah. is is not isn't isn't, isn't something attainable. that attainable and yeah. it's not something that you can continue on as we want to be sustainable over many years. Right. That's you know we I think there's um, you know we think back and there's a lot of little mistakes that they've they've made mm -hmm. for whatever reason. Um, but the overall core philosophy, yep. the overall core knowledge, overall core of of the plan and sticking, like mm -hmm. you said, the conviction and sticking to the plan, that hasn't wavered. Right. And and I think you're we're, we're seeing that. So um, you part of Bill's mafia, you fit right in. You fit right in. You know what so. else Kim wants to do? She's going to be back for a game inevitably throughout the season. A couple more, I would have to guess. And one of those games is going to have to fall on a weekend where the Sabres are playing. That's, That's right. right. Yes. Kim wants yes. to come watch the Sabres. That's yes. right. Yes. 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 Absolutely, I All do. All right. I can make that happen. One game. I, I went game. to one game yeah. several years ago. Yeah. You invited yeah. me to a game, and I went to that game. It was Corresponding with a, a football trip. Yeah. Yep. We'll do it again. All right. I we'll hope. do it again. That'd no, be great. I like yeah. It. I have to look on the schedule. All right. We're starting. We're in preseason. We got our first win last night Yay, in overtime. Yeah. So in preseason, but still. We'll um, yeah. Yeah. I'll take it. So it's been so much fun this having you. Great. I know. This I do. Is great. I hope yeah. everyone's enjoying it. And it just feels like we're like sitting around the table. Just chilling. Like there's a <laughs> chilling and chatting. Right there <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No. Well, Kim, thank you so much for sharing. Your road to the NFL, how you got there, some of the stories you've covered along the way, and some of the fun yeah. things you like to do in your free time. We, we appreciate the time. Thank you, Maddie. All right. Thanks. I'm going to hold you to your prediction on the Bills. You got it. I like All right. it. All right. <laughs> Thank you. Thanks for tuning in to this week's episode of Bills Pod Squad. Make sure you guys keep out and keep a watch on for more episodes to come in the future. We'll have another one next week.